0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Binge and Bass Podcast. This is Binge.
1: And this is Bass. What's going on big binge?
0: Colin, how was the week man? Let's let's catch up. I mean I'm gonna be honest with you, I, I slept in a little bit today, haven't seen you, I need a
1: weekly recap. Oh man, how was the week? It was a good week overall. Busy week. Uh, but I appreciate you're just starting with the basics this this week. We're just diving right in. Didn't ask me about the weather, but asking about what what's been going on yeah, in my life. Progress. Uh, it is progress. Uh but yeah, this week was a good week. I started off and I knew I had a lot I knew I had a lot to do this week. I had to write a talk for a retreat I'm gonna lead here in a couple of weeks and needed to be done. Uh I had to do a little remember, memorize my podcast or my uh TED talk for pro sales a lot of memorization there and I still just absolutely like didn't do well on that but that's okay and then I also had a big test in my pro sales class so lots of good things but then uh, also overall a lot of really good conversations with people in my life and I think that's what I want to hold the highest over just my busyness um, and like got to have a really good conversation with in our Bible study last night uh, well, just on decision making and how to make good decisions and getting to hear some of the bad decisions some of the guys have been making so far, <laughs> myself included, <laughs> and how we can kind of realign ourselves. And then also just listening and getting to talk to people who go to different churches and what they're seeing, how the Lord move in their life and learning learning about that. So overall, just a really good week. Um, and then the, a big thing too happened today. My little brother, he got a bid to the fraternity. He was rushing. Oh, good so for Evan. big good for play, Evan. big play. Evan's going to be a pledge here for the next month or so uh yeah big week great week and it was week five so we made it through but let me throw it back to you big binge what's uh what's going on in the life of binge this week i i I don't know when i became big binge a little binge little binge that's a lot worse (laughs) okay that's That's what (laughs) i thought
0: (laughs) lesser of two evils there (laughs) uh hold hold on a sec because uh i wanted to know are you going this sunday to that retreat
1: uh, am I going on Sunday? Yeah.
0: Cause to tell them about the retreat or tell me about the retreat? Yeah, I'm yeah. So the
1: retreat the actually words. isn't for two weeks. It's two okay. weeks from this weekend. But Saturday we have to do a, a staff training. So yeah, um, yeah, getting ready for that, getting excited for it, and we're gonna like walk through what the retreat's gonna look like, how we're gonna lead it, and, and then be prepared for it. that's gonna happen uh, the second weekend. You
0: October. said writing the message. What are you gonna talk about?
1: Uh, I'll be talking about. Hopefully, nobody who's going to the retreats listening to this because it's gonna be a surprise. But um, oh, odds man. are, odds are, none of these freshmen and sophomores are listening to it. Um, So we're talking about love and the idea of love and charity and uh, how to incorporate our our life from the life of love that, that Christ lived and then also being sent out um, there's this war that I've been learning a lot about and it's came up a couple of times in my life and I, I love a new vocabulary word too. Um, but the word is magnanimous and it, it, mm. it describes the word of a heart of somebody who's courageous, but then also like it, it is ready to go and be sent out to do something great.
0: Wow. Okay. And so that's coming up in a couple weeks talking about that, writing that message. And then you mentioned the Ted talk, which is something I, I've done and we've, we've had to do as part of our curriculum. It's one of my in a lot of ways, one of my favorite things I got to do as an assignment, because you get to go up on stage in front of a lot of people and share something you're passionate about. I like how it's open-ended. It's not like, this is what I learned in the business school. This is who I am. It's really open-ended. But the part of it that I think is really hard is the part that you mentioned of, you have to memorize every single line. Because I Really struggled with that. Not that I can't memorize things, but because when I go up there and I talk, I want to read people's body language. I want to change my inflection. I might add a joke. I might take out a joke. Uh, I think it's really yeah. it's really, really hard to follow a script when you and I have experience kind of doing this. Like we don't we don't have a <laughs> single note in here. I got out a notepad and you were concerned. I said, No, don't worry, that's just my coaster for my coffee that you got me today. So I don't know. Are you having a tough time with the memorization? Oh, it's what are you terrible. gonna talk about?
1: It's terrible, it's terrible. Like why why am I gonna script my life out, you know? It's <laughs> and that's the epitome of like corporate America and school they want us to script our lives out and they want it to be like very easy so they can control it. And I understand like somebody once dropped the clicker and ever since then they ruined the clicker for everybody and someone has to control the slides behind the scenes. Great. But it goes back to this idea that they want us to have a script for everything. And it's like, let me just get up there and have fun. I have yeah. an idea. Um, and I just can't cause if on a memorization track, if you miss one word, the whole thing's gone, you know, like, yeah. you're like, well, frick. Mm-hmm. um, So it's really hard. I can totally agree with you there. But go back to your question, what am I talking about? Talking about this idea of choosing a mission statement for your life, but also a mission statement for your year. Um, Shared it on the podcast before. My word for the year is this year is up and translating that to meaning like uh, or like expanding on that. It stands for uniquely poured um, and talking about how really every single day is unique. um, The Lord pours it out exactly how it needs to be poured out um, and coming out coming at it with this posture of just everything ought to be offered up. Um, So sharing a little bit about that and then encouraging people to have a mission statement or a goal for their life and incorporating that into their daily routine.
0: What what would you say your mission statement is?
1: Oh, the mission statement is something I'm actively working on. Um, I don't have it totally defined yet, Um, but I, I, I want it to be very simple. Like I look up to Hunter Walker. He's my big, but he's also just a mentor of mine and his, his, mission statement for his life is to do great things and change the world very simple very quick very memorable and everything comes back to that idea that what it it comes back to this idea also we mentioned a bible study this week where it's like these bad decisions i made were they in line with my mission mission statement was i doing great things and changing the world (laughs) probably not (laughs) Uh, and it kind of comes back to like having that mission statement allows you to have a outline the talk track for your life and every decision um it's something we even talked about in in class this week with that one of our guest speakers we had in our best class yeah, as he great. talked about like outlining not only who you want to become and your priorities but outlining like what it, what it is you want to become and like once that's clear then you can have a clear path towards it so back to your question do i have a mission statement <laughs> no not yet but <laughs> Working on it. maybe by the end of this year
0: yeah, that guest speaker we had too, by the way, Les Stretch, he was fantastic. He's Look a f- founder of uh, some senior living homes and his whole differentiator was how well that him and his staff treated the patients. But one thing that he did that I really liked, among a lot of things, is you mentioned, he had it all mapped out. He had his mission mapped out and he had his priorities mapped out. And I think a lot of people, well, not most people don't do that, but of the people who do, write things down which is a good practice i think a lot of them keep it really high level like i'm gonna be a good father husband believer and good at my job but nobody talks about what that actually means like what are the practical steps yeah. to get there so he had this list of priorities and he's been doing it since what 06. he said yeah and they've they've changed a little bit every year but mostly it's the same but he, you know he's constantly modifying it to fit his life but he has the actual bullet points in the steps. And he's like, to be a good wife is to spend at least three quality dates together each month or, you know, whatever that might look like. But I think a lot of us talk about, oh, I want to be a good follower, or leader, or whatever, yeah, yeah, what does that yeah. actually mean? You know, exactly. I mean, if you don't have a plan for how you're going to do that, how are you going to do that?
1: Yeah, and it becomes this gray area of like, oh, like my priority is I'm going to be a believer and then a boyfriend and then a friend and then a boss or whatever it is, like what's your, whatever your thing is. Uh, but then if you don't define it, then there's, there's a gray area. And he defines it to a T where he's yeah. like, if there's two things at the same time, I know I'm going to be my daughter's soccer game over my friend's birthday party because that's it. Whether they're too big, they're too big events. Um, this one is more important yeah. because it's so clearly defined. Um, and it's easy to be like, "Oh, well, yeah, it's just your daughter, great." But like, it, it is the it is. The clearest, as clear as day, that allows him to uh, to really have that on paper, and he shows that to people in his life, where he's like, "These are my priorities, and you're going to understand them because it's so clear."
0: Yeah, and another tidbit that he added that I like. I think someone asked him the question: uh, you, "You differentiated your business because of the way you treated people with compassion and caring about them, and knowing their name rather than their room number for these senior living patients." Yeah. but someone asked him, "What what are the characteristics that you look for?" When you hire someone and Colin, I know you're on a path to leadership with whatever you do, you have in in some ways, whether it's government or other things that you've done, you've had to delegate work, you've been leaders of things. I want to throw it at you. If you're if you're hiring, tell me about your ideal candidate and think about uh, in terms of like a work or functional process. What are you looking for in someone who's going to work on your team and execute your mission?
1: Wow, that's a good question. Did Dr. Dixon ask you that? <laughs> no,
0: but I liked how Les said his first one, well, I don't want to change your answer based, no, by reminding you what he said, but he said it was humility. I thought, wow, that's that's really neat because I think a lot of interviewers expect you to go in there and just resume brag on them all day long. And that's not very humble by definition. Yeah. So I, I don't know. What, what, what are some of the traits you'd look for?
1: Yeah, I think Oh, that's a really good question. I only asked Doctor Dixon I threw Doctor Dixon in there because we just had a test on this yesterday. Oh, is that right? The ideal candidate oh, no profile idea. was part of the test. That's true. That's um, true. So it was kind of funny that you're asking this. But uh, what is on my ideal candidate profile for somebody I would want to hire? First of all, I want to understand the role um, and what the job description looks like. If we're going off the test, it's important to align the two. So, what's your job mm-hmm. job description? But also, like, what's the who do you want to fill that yeah. role? Um, and I think for me, there's a couple of things. Humility would be one, but I would think I'd go even further. Um, and like humility through ownership and good and bad things. So things that went well, like tell me about how you did that, how mm-hmm. you were able to excel at X, Y, and Z and be humble through that. But then also on the other side of things, like, be humble in the losses and the bad times and the things that didn't go your way and like take ownership and tell me like, what did you fail at and what wasn't good mm-hmm. and how did you shift that around? So humility and ownership kind of go hand in hand there. And I, I like that you tied that to less there. Um, another thing is persistence. I want to hire somebody yeah. who's persistent, who keeps showing up when they're like in a sales role, when they're getting responses or not getting responses that are putting the same amount of work into it. Um, and, Ultimately, I also want to see somebody who's driven and has like results at the end of it, like somebody who can show time after time they've had big goals and they were able to drive themselves to it, be persistent through that um, and deliver something great. And I think the last thing I really want to listen, I, I, I really want to, Having a candidate who works for me or I'm working with is somebody who's coachable slash can be a good listener um, because I think that's super important for a leader, but then also for somebody who is being led um, because even if they're working for me or just on my team, um, they're also they're going to be a leader and being led in mm-hmm. the same capacity. Um, so somebody who's able to listen and then like be coachable throughout, whether I'm the boss or somebody's above me or even higher than that, um, they're able to listen to the feedback and take what wasn't great and take the bad and the things that they're listening to that they don't totally agree with, but also apply it to their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the same way, listen to the people below them and listen to their customers and whoever else they're serving and be able to truly understand them so they can implement all of those things. So that was a handful of different qualities, but I like that discussion. I think that it raises an interesting question because it also, whenever you're talking about who do you want to hire in your life and who do you Like what are those qualities that are important? I think it's also important to acknowledge those things about your friends and the things that and when you're like hiring a friend or you're having a new friend in your life, somebody walks into it. What about them is instantly engaging, you know? Um. And so you got my wheels turning now as we're as we're thinking Good. about this. But I want to flip it back to you. Um. Uh, maybe similar, different. Don't keep my list in mind. No. Um. Uh, but like, what what would be things that you want to keep in mind as you're hiring for your team one day in the in the Dallas in the Dallas Metroplex for some sort of sales organization?
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I'm just gonna sell forever, right? Well, <laughs> that's it, I, I like that you define the role too because that's kind of a pet peeve of mine. And I, maybe I did it and maybe it was a good question. Maybe it wasn't, but I think a lot of people will just ask like general questions to see how you think, which is a good thing. But like, yeah. of course, if you're hiring someone for a position, you have to know what that position is. So that's good that you add that, that filter to it. Uh, <laughs> I, the first thing I'm going to think about, and I, I'm going to hire based on character and that's really, really general, but I yeah. want to like, I would go about identifying that in a certain way. And I think the questions that you ask people, or I like this point about he interviews people three times because it's hard to tell just after yeah. one conversation. And interviewing them three times shows they're committed to the process. They're they have an opportunity cost to be invested in your process, whether that's their previous job, whether that's uh, their homework, doing things in school. So character. And you you can show commitment in just the interview process alone or if it's your friends or or just the first few times you hang out. Like, do they make time for you? Are they committed? I think that's a big thing I look for. And then I want to know how you think. And I think that a lot of questions you get in interviews, it's same old, same old. Tell me about a time you failed. Tell me about (laughs) your weakness. Tell me about whatever. And those are okay, but I think they're so broad that you get a scripted response from someone that they're expecting and I've also been in interviews where I've been completely knocked off my feet with curveballs. And I don't think that's entirely fair either. But I think questions I'd ask, and maybe I've talked about this before, I would I would actually say, tell me about the best day of your life. Like, why? Like, what what makes you happy? What yeah. fills you up? What makes you satisfied? And, you know, whatever that might be, that's going to tell you a lot about that person's character, a lot about their personality. And then I might say, tell me about the worst day of your life. And then, you know, it shows how deep that person is. Like maybe there was something that led to another thing and that that was a really significant part of your growth journey. Or maybe they just say something like the cat died. And, you know, that's not very deep. So you, you tell how much depth someone has. You, you tell don't think about,
1: your cat dying is that deep.
0: It can be. I'm <laughs> personally not a big cat person. No, but yeah, it's yeah. Not a, it's, detail it's, it's a facetious example. But sure. I think those are like... Those are just a few examples. I wouldn't walk in there and say, wow, it's the best day of your life. I'd be structured about it, but I think you can identify a lot about someone based on how committed they are to spending time with you, and then the questions you ask them, leave them open-ended enough to where you can follow up to, where you can get a story out of them. And I think that's the power of, you, you mentioned a good listener, and I think that's really important, but I think there's such a difference between listening to Respond and listening to reply, and so many people just oh, listen to reply, and they think you you can hear them when you're talking. Like they try to interrupt, they have something they want to say, they don't let you finish, and that's listening to reply. But listening to respond is nodding, it's digging deeper, it's saying, "Wow, I wonder how that made you feel." And there's some people like I was at dinner, you know, Carter Shukart from yeah. our class. He's one of the best listeners I know. My mom even said that, like he's so engaging. He looks you in the eye. He adds commentary and he follows up. And that's listening to respond. And I think there's such a big difference between listening to reply, listening to respond. And I really like that that's part of your candidate profile. And I think that tells you a lot about someone's character. So I'm hiring based on character, but I think there's some pretty <laughs> uh, specific ways that you can identify that. But people aren't creative enough in identifying that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I totally agree. And I think you also, you started off, you started off the whole, your whole, uh, like candidate profile, they're talking about how it's not just one interview. You actually, you, you yeah. care about the character and you want it to be three or four, like longer, yeah. longer process where they begin to get attached. And I think also that same idea, whenever you're asking those more intimate questions, the person is going to want to work for you. They're going to get excited about working for mm-hmm. you. And they're not just asking like, Oh, tell me about a time you were a leader. Uh, like that is just the worst question. Like, cause it's like, Okay, great. Sure. They, you saw yeah. the resume, they were NHS president in high school. Uh, like, <laughs> were, you, were you the NHS president? I was not. I oh was not. my god! That was the first. I remember those mind. candle
0: ceremonies. They oh, do, god. and they could never light the candle. <laughs> no. like they, they, I felt sorry. Like I would just be sitting there on the stage as a member, like ninety percent of the other student body, <laughs> and they try to light those candles, and they could not do it for the life of them. Like two or three years that <laughs> yeah. I did it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but it comes back to the idea. Like, okay, great, you could light candles, and you got to lead. You got to lead a hundred people throughout your class. Everyone did great. That's awesome. But tell me about something deeper. Tell me about yeah. something that's exciting, and that makes sure you having a greater appreciation for for you, but then also just for the company because you actually care more than just the surface level. Like, read me your resume back, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it really applies to life too. And you're inviting more people into your life, whether that's discipleship, whether that's friends, whether that's in your workplace, and you're not the boss. You're inviting people into your life, asking those deeper questions, being more of a present listener, um, but caring about somebody as a whole and like who they're who they are rather than just what they're doing for you um, and it, the way they kind of feed in there. So, I, I love I loved your assessment of that and the people you're gonna have working for you. are probably gonna be pretty awesome people. Bitch. Oh
0: wow! Well, know. we got to get there first. There's a lot of work. that and, and you know, anything we say, like we talked about that last week too, how we're blessed to be in a position where we can help younger students become yeah. part of organizations or give advice, especially of what not to do, uh, given <laughs> you know, given our experience. But when you leave here, you completely start over. You're at the bottom of the totem pole, and you have to work your way up. So oh, it's it's, it's fun tank. to think about that, but there's a lot of work to be done to get there. And then the listening to respond versus listening to reply thing, another thing we learned about in class is uh, that exercise that we did. Uh, did we talk about that yet on here? Where in front of the classroom? Or are we out of time? Is no, that no, what no, I, tell? Don't I don't know? Uh, I was trying to think. I don't uh, know. I don't remember. There, there was an exercise we had to do in class, and we had to print out a picture. Oh, of oh. what we thought a corporate <laughs> I like came What, what came? What came to God. mind? What came to mind when you thought of a corporation? And there, you could there could be no text. It could just be one picture you found off the internet, magazine, etc. Nobody does anybody even read magazines anymore. I, no. don't no. I, like I don't know. I like the magazine. You do, you like
1: magazines? Yeah, just keep going. No. It, okay. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know me too well that I'm going to get off track really yeah. quick. So I think, okay, well, i got to do something funny because it seems like a fun exercise. Too much. So I print out that picture of Tony Stark, a.k.a. Iron Man, after he launches the Jericho Missile, first Iron Man movie. He says, you know, in my opinion... The greatest weapon is the one you only have to fire once. That's how Dad did it. That's how America does it. And so far, it's worked out pretty well. And then he launches it, and then the missile lands, and he, like, opens his arms wide. His suit's bowing, He's got his sunglasses on, and everyone's, like, leaning back. But Tony is just, you know, stoic. He's seen that a million times. It's his weapon, and it's going to do great things and change the world, or so he thinks. Uh, that was my picture of a corporation because of Stark Industries, his company and I talked about how (laughs) how a company needs a great product it needs a face of the brand but Tony's mission completely changes throughout the course of the movies and then if you've seen Age of Ultron his own weapon comes back and destroys him if you've seen the original Iron Man he realizes that the weapons he built become in the wrong hands so instead of Uh, That's how dad did it. That's how America does it. He starts to realize that there's more out there than just him. He says, quote, I have more to offer this world than just making things that blow up. He builds the Iron Man suit. He saves the universe, right? And so that was my idea of a corporation is you need a strong brand face. You need a differentiable product that people care about that changes people's lives. But you have to constantly be changing your mission. And so I brought that up in class. And uh, our professor was asking questions, digging deeper on the things that I said. But then someone asked me, or maybe it was someone else's presentation, but someone asked, like, uh, in the picture, like, if if you had a suit, what color suit would you have? And our professor goes, oh, that that's that's a bad question, and I'll tell you why. Because this was completely open-ended. He could have talked about anything he wanted, and he didn't mention that at first. And a better question is to dig deeper on something he said, because obviously that's what he saw in that photo originally. Yeah. So like when people talk like if like if you'd said I'm going on a retreat, I have a TED talk, uh and I had a test, whatever and it would have been a bad question for me to say, so what do you think our football team's going to do this weekend? But I think a lot of people do that. Like, there's more to dig into. Yeah, you have your and, list of questions before if, they even if that respond. were a significant part of your week, the football team's performance, and I hope to God it's not the way it's been here, <laughs> then, then, then I would have asked about it. But you didn't say that, so I'm not going to ask about it. And I'd, I'd never thought about that, though, until he said it. I don't know if I've done a good job of that or not, but now I'm really aware of it.
1: Yeah, and I think it, you also bring up a good point there where a lot of the time it goes back to the person you're hiring that last that last point there mm-hmm. of just that idea of bringing up something that's super important to somebody and if you ask them about their week not talking about your week when you're asking them the question mm-hmm. and following up to their to their answer uh, things that are in your head but asking deeper like okay tell me about you mentioned uh, the football team lost. Tell me about that game. Like, why was it so hard on you? And what, what was a good part about it? Rather than asking about, oh, well, how was the rest of your week? You know, like getting, getting yeah. sidetracked. Like whenever somebody shares something, it touches their heart and it means something deeper to them. And like opening that up and like building, building something there, not just throwing your agenda on top of somebody. Yeah. So yeah, I like that Benji. I think it's something I, I haven't been thinking as much since that since that class. I mean, you were Iron Man that day, so <laughs> I wanted to be Tony Stark looking out of that room. Right. Uh, but like, I think it is something to keep keep in mind, and as we continue to reform our conversations, as we, this is the whole topic of the whole semester so yeah. far has been. Yeah. Uh, keeping that in mind, that not really put, throwing your agenda on people through through uh, your response to their answers you know
0: and back to your mission statement it's always changing too like it's yeah. con- it's consistent or will really talk about the example of Les, or talk about your example or talk about tony stark from best weapon only one you have to fire once to peace in our time to sacrificing his life like your priorities change and it's okay for your mission to change a little bit because your surroundings are changing but at the yeah. core who are you what are you about and I uh, like how I think we covered a lot of ground. I was going to try to wrap it up with some Tony Stark quote, but I think I used you all You got of it. Them. Now bring one more. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to go with peace and our time, but, that, but then that, I think that has a negative context because if you watch Age of Ultron, his robot adopts that phrase and does terrible things to the world so not doing great things and changing the world bad things and we don't want to do that yeah you don't (laughs) want to do
1: that but we do want the peace and sometimes the context means a little bit more than the words being said a Uh, lot of times (laughs) yeah yeah a lot of times well as we wrap it up here thank you guys again for listening and it's always good to be back in the studio here in the basement of moody uh with my good friend Big friend bench
0: I think we're gonna retire that one. Just like how we're gonna retire this episode right now before it goes All any more down. Right. Right. We'll see you next week.
1: Happy week, think, right? You only get one week next week. Make the most of it. Hopefully it's better than this one. Okay. Oh man. See ya. <laughs>